You're listening to the Seasons Change Podcast. Oh, yeah, it's time for another episode of Seasons Change. I'm your host, Vactor, and I've got the always angry Jeff W. with me. Jeff, how you doing? I'm good. Not angry. Your weekly Not geekly dose of everything Jeff W. and I have been consuming throughout the week at Seasons Change, whether it be movies, TV shows, comic books, video games. Every week, we like to start off with our comic book corner. And then going to our main discussion, at the end, Jeff and I give our recommendations for things that we want you to check out. So this week in the Comics Corner, Jeff, I want to talk about mm-hmm. Exploding Giraffe. Have you heard of Exploding Giraffe? I've not heard of this yet. So this is actually something that I emailed you, but I'm sure uh, you didn't know the name of. Yours goes this is, spam. This is Brian K. Vaughn's new Substack. Oh, so yes, yes, is... you did mention this, yeah. Well, yeah. He has his own, remember he had his own service? Um, oh, he still has that. That's Panel Syndicate, which I highly recommend. Yes. Panel Syndicate, you can pay what you want. So uh-huh. even if it's, you know, even if you're Wonder Rob from the Geek So To Speak podcast and you don't want to pay a single penny, you yeah. can do that. You can type in 0.00 mm-hmm. and you can get these comics for free. You can get PDFs, you know, all kind of things for your digital tablets. And they're, they're not, there's no, you know, there's no shame in it, Rob. You you don't find these comics on the ground and and hide them under your, under your jacket. This is all free. Uh Now, if you want to support the creators, which I would highly recommend, you can do that. But panel syndicate is always adding new stuff. Cause remember when it first started, it was just like one or two books. That was when we, you and I, first heard about yeah, it. Yeah, what was the uh, what was the main book there? It was that one. It was about the cloud. I mean, I read it when it came out, and like it's been a minute. Um, well, the very first one was the Private Eye. That's and that was what Brian K. Vaughn and Marcos yes. Martin. They also did Barrier together. Now, Marcos Martin is one of the best mm-hmm. artists, let alone Brian K. Vaughn being the best writer. So they've got that going. I want to read this Friday. Maybe I'll talk about that on an upcoming episode, but that is also Marcos Martin, but it's mm-hmm. Ed Brubaker writing it. So I really want to get into that because Ed Brubaker is one of the best mm-hmm. as well. So Exploding Giraffe goes all the way back. Now, this is Brian K. Vaughn and Nico uh, Heinrichen. Uh, on, how, many, uh, how many issues are out or is it? Right now, there's two parts and okay. they're doing it weekly. So it's okay. only been around for two weeks now. This week was the second week. And... Let's just say it is not safe for work, Jeff. Yeah. You're not going to want to check that out when you got your boss uh, Uh, looming around the corner. Let me just say, this is just an inside joke for for us. Wonder Rob would really enjoy. There's a lot of websites that Wonder Rob goes to, you know, on here and uh, very, very friendly for for Wonder Rob's eyes. Let's put it that way. There's a lot of wieners in here. Well, I'll let you read it. I'll let you go over to Exploding Giraffe and Uh check it out. So far, like I said, it's only been two parts, but these are not like full issue length. It's just a couple pages at a time. And Brian K. Vaughn talked about kind of wanting a weekly thing and and wanting to work with with Nico again, which he had done Pride of Baghdad with. That's Mm -hmm. where the Exploding Giraffe comes from. Because also, if anyone has not read Pride of Baghdad, 
fantastic book where Brian K. Vaughn and Nico amphipomorphize some animals. They're in a Baghdad zoo. It gets bombed, and the animals mm-hmm. get out. But there's an infamous exploding giraffe head panel that became famous around the internet. So Brian K. Vaughn just said, all right, let's just lean into it. Let's just call ourselves Exploding Giraffe. So highly uh, recommend what's okay. coming out of their Substack. And Substack in general has so a lot. They do other things, right? They do like blogs. or Well, yeah, they, like anyone can start a Substack and yeah. you know start a blog. But mm-hmm. all these writers are getting in on it now. So you can subscribe to everybody's Substack. I was looking at, um, what's his name? Grant Morrison's. I was looking at Tom King's, like all the, you know, the best comic book writers are putting mm-hmm. out these sub stacks and then they have a direct channel to their audience, let alone uh, people like our friend William Goodman putting out sub stacks of what he's mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah. So this seems Maybe. to be the current, yeah, yeah, the current way that, that writers are getting their content out to people mm-hmm. and you can pay, you know, you can subscribe to people's sub stacks. $5 a month, $10 a month, which, which I did subscribe to Brian K. Vaughn's because there's exclusive context. It's kind of like a Patreon. There's exclusive content that you get only if you subscribe. There's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a direct channel between the artist and the fans. And right. that's what Panel Syndicate is like that too. It's not going through Marvel, DC, these big companies. It's, it's a direct channel for these mm-hmm. creators. So I'm a huge fan of, of Panel Syndicate and what these people are doing on Substack. Yeah. So definitely check out exploding giraffe because it's brian k vaughn yeah i was saying and yeah this is like this falls in line with uh you know we had that brian k vaughn discussion however many weeks ago or whatever where it's like he seems to be on like you know just in terms of who he's working with you know he's typically like his biggest like i mean i i guess the biggest books he works you know have women artists you know or woman artists you know and uh he seems to be you know one of the leaders of the yeah you know his thing panel syndicate like he uh he's kind of always on like the I don't want to say cutting edge but you know that's kind of the only term I can think of. Um, but yeah, yeah I like that like our one of our favorite writers is consistent. Like he is not like forcing a. It's not the Nolan of forcing me to go to a movie theater to see a movie. Like he is like very much like you know into the new technology and uh, exploring the uh, options. Yeah, and it's also funny because he will tell you himself. I was reading some saga. Um, letters pages and then also in the Substack, he mm-hmm. has you know an email that he sends out to people oh thanks for joining our Substack. he actually considers himself kind of like a not tech savvy person and yeah. like doesn't know how a lot of these things work but Substack makes it so easy it's almost like yeah. think about squarespace for a website mm-hmm. it's just all right i'm gonna do Substack because it's just the easiest way to do it. But like you said, give him credit because not everybody's doing it. And if you're going through the big companies, you know, you're not going to get compensated as, as well, unless you're like, you know, unless you're like Brian Michael Bendis or you're striking mm-hmm. these deals where Marvel or DC is like super loyal to you. Image right. is the way to go. Cause it's, that's where you get the best deals as a creator. You own your creations. Number one, it's like owning your masters in music. Yeah. So, and I feel like it's a, I like just from a a consumer uh, perspective of like I like my money to go right to the people that oh are yeah, yeah 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 um, not that like I you know hey I know you know Marvel needs like offices and stuff like that but like when we get out of like you know the giants of Marvel like they're never going to struggle for money you know especially with the movies they're putting out so 
when you have a guy that's like Brian K. Vaughn, you know, I like to give him, you know, my money directly in, in certain ways, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a hundred percent behind that. So definitely check out exploding giraffe. The issues. I, I still don't really know what's going on in the story right now, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, I already have faith in Brian K. Vaughn. He's going to, um, the book is called spectators, by the way. Um, he's going to, he's going to craft a great story. Now, I will say the one thing that I'm a little bit down on, particularly on the book, the oh. art, I don't know if it's the coloring or just kind of because they had to put it together, you know, independently. Yeah. The art is not the same level as Pride of Baghdad, which Nico oh, worked yeah. on previously. Yeah. So when you get a chance, Jeff, check it out. Like I said, it's a quick read. It even has a way to do it into, you know, the panels app. Oh, okay, yeah. There's a way you can read the Substack directly in the Panels app, which is how oh, I did it. Nice. So I didn't like, have to like a feed or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't have to download any PDFs or any do anything. It was just in automatically in there. Oh, oh. and I, as I'm looking on their website, I just noticed they're number ten in comics. I don't know what the rankings, you know, on sub mm-hmm. Substack is kind of weird the way that the user interface is because even when you go there, I'll leave a link in the show notes. You have to put in either your email and then they email you the password to get in or you log in with your own password. Uh-huh. So that's, I think a, a little strange, but other than that, everything else on Substack is pretty good. Nice. Yeah. So what have you been checking out this week, Jeff? Yeah. So the, um, the other day, uh, I was, uh, I was going through stuff cause I was like, Oh yeah, let me, uh, you know, I, I'm always trying to find, you know, I think when we do the comics corner, I like to, I like it to be new because I feel like there's so many things out there that like we could do a new thing every week, you know, like I don't want to like continually update the same thing every week. Oh, Unless, yeah. you know, there is like, you know, saga, we will always talk about, you know, when that issue comes out, we're going to be talking about it no matter what, you know. Right. But, um, but so like basically what I do is I'll go to our, uh, legal comic vendor and browse through comics online on the internet if anybody's listening, uh, and, uh, <laughs> stuff. um, but the thing I've, um, I've been checking out this week and I, you know, initially, um, when you're browsing through stuff, it's, it's usually like the cover art that will, uh, kind of attract you to things. Um, you know, obviously I think that works for any kind of book, uh, or any kind of medium, you know, like the cover art, the, what you see first. Um, so I've been reading, um, it's called the fourth man. Um, and I've never heard of some of these uh, things, and this is where I was I was interested to get your take on some of the names attached to this. Um, it's AWA Studios, uh, which I had never I never even heard of this before. But the um, the cover it looks like a it's kind of looks like a you know like a '90s early '90s late '80s uh, type of vibe. It looks like a car dealership, and there's uh, you know blood. You know, there's a dead body in a car, and it has like one of those like wacky inflatable tube man you right. know on the cover and there's blood all over it and uh and so and it looks like a like a like a film poster and uh so i was reading this and then just a synopsis i'll give you the synopsis that's on comiXology um because i too there's there's two issues and i think there's going to be four uh total so i am it is halfway in but i feel like that might be just like I don't I think they must be doing more. Maybe that's like the variation or the variance of the covers or something like that. Anyway, um just to give you like the synopsis real quick, it says, you know, three dead bodies lay in a rural morgue, 
all murdered in the span of three weeks. Up to two detect, and you know, it's up to two detectives to from the opposite sides of the tracks to determine who put them there. Uh, if the murders are linked, and what if anything they have to do with a pair of dueling car dealerships. Um, and so it's uh, it's been really interesting. Um, I was, uh, it, you know, I I think. I think I've told you this before, you know, when you talk about like Firefly being your favorite show. Yes. There's uh I also have like a go-to show and I always say and the one that the I feel like I can give no, 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 no. And it, it Office is one of my favorite shows, but like if I'm going to give somebody like a real like you know, I, I number one I do think if anybody hasn't seen The Office, you should watch The Office, especially if you work in an office and you're around that environment um or anybody really. But I was just playing uh, that new mobile game that came out. Oh, I see ads for that on Instagram all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's, TikTok. it's actually pretty fun, but uh-huh. it's, I don't even know that genre of game, but it's the one where you kind of, you'll start it going in the background and then come back later. Oh, I, I've built up a million dollars, right? Like it keeps <laughs> on building in the background. Uh, and okay. then you've also got, so you got that, that's the actual game part of it. Uh-huh. And then cut in between there is the actual show itself not live footage but these little characters come on and and they speak in word bubbles and it's it looks like from my memory those are the exact episodes like the exact uh plots that happened in the show they're uh-huh. happening on the game so i've been having fun uh-huh. like i went to the doctor yesterday i had a doctor's appointment and i uh-huh. just sat there um after i filled out after i checked in oh uh, let me go check my office uh game so i've been playing that a little bit yeah Cool. Um, so yeah, my the the show thing I was mentioning. Um, the Office is great, and I'll I'll check the app out uh, and see what's going on. But um, True Detective season one specifically, I always follow that up with season one of True Detective is like probably my favorite season of TV shows ever. Oh, really? Um, yeah. I mean, I it is it is one of my favorites. It's just it's so good, and like you know McConaughey and um, Woody Harrelson are like amazing in it. Uh, and so this. When you have that vibe, this gave me that vibe. There's like a few things that I, you know, really love. If um, and it's 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 like True Detective season one, and then No Country for Old Men, uh, specifically the movie. You know, are two of like like those are kind of like right up my alley. And I'm normally not a big fan of like retro looks. We've talked about that before. Like I'm not I'm into the futuristic stuff typically. I think more like I'm not into like 50s Art Deco stuff. Right. Um, but I do like these period pieces. Um, so this is like, you know, late 80s, early 90s. They're talking about the Gulf War in the background in the TV. And uh, basically, yeah, like the story says, there's, you know, in a small town, these, you know, they find three dead people all within the same, like a three week span of these uh, deaths. And they're trying to tie together uh, how these people died, what's related. And even in the issues that I've read so far, I think there's two of them out so far. So yeah, the first two issues I've read, um, you're kind of, there's still like a lot of mystery there. Um, uh, and, I, and you're trying to figure out what, you know, what ties what together. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been really interesting. And I think um, if you look at the link I, I put in the thing, you know, the note, the Mike Diodato Jr. Yes. That he did work on uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Yes. Um, He's a big time artist. And actually what's okay. funny about that. Yeah. He, um, He's doing another book, which I was going to mention it, but I said, all right, I'll hold back until I read a little bit more of it. But now that you brought him up, I'll, I'll mention um, yeah. it's a, actually a robot book. It's an AI book, and he's doing that. 
Uh-huh. I'm going to pull up the title here in a second, but I didn't want to mention it until I got a little bit more into it. Um, mm-hmm. But he was, I was reading the letters pages of that book and he was kind of talked into doing it and now he loves it. So I won't go too deep into it, but he's also doing that book, which I'm reading. So I'm also reading a comic uh, by Mike Diodato. Gotcha. Jr. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, uh, so he's doing the art, uh, Jeff McComsky, McComsky? Yeah, he, his, I'm not familiar with. I'm not, um, yeah. this is the first time I've heard his name. Yeah. It says, you know, uh, just in the description, yeah, he was on Grendel in Kentucky. Uh, looks like two titles oh, that he was on. Um, you know what? There's also Kentucky sounds familiar. I thought I saw a Kentucky book <laughs> at some point somewhere. Yeah, I'm I'm not familiar with that one. But um oh the name is Not All Robots is the uh um, okay. the other book. But guess what? That's also AWA. So Mike Diodato must have some um uh-huh. Oh, okay. It looks like he's doing three or four series for AWA. So he must have some type of uh contract with them. But yeah, his art is great. Yeah. And um uh, so yeah, yeah, that's what I've been reading. It's been pretty good. I'm into the, you know, it's um, I'm trying to think of like I don't think I've read, and, and the reason I think it intrigued me too is like I haven't read like a a detective, murder mystery in comic book form yet. Ooh. I don't think I'm trying to think of if anything I've read because you know there are always different genres and there's always you know I I think I, that's what I think I like uh, most about finding the new stuff is like a genre that I have not seen you know, in this format yet, you know. Okay. Yeah. There's a ton of crime, um, detective stuff in comics in general. I guess Chew, Chew kind of was right. I guess would be in a little bit of, a yeah, I would, I would, I would classify that. Mode. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's got a little bit of like fantasy elements because of, you know, he's got powers, uh-huh. but the, the core book is he's a detective. Like he's trying to solve these crimes. Yeah. Um, I would highly recommend Criminal by Ed Brubaker. Um, uh-huh. That is one of the best crime noir books of, you know, ever. I would say ever. Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Actually, anything those two do, anytime you do see I know, the names, Why do I know Brubaker's name from other stuff? He's um, Well, he did the, he's the one who created the Winter Soldier. Um, oh, okay. He's, he's a big Marvel, um, he's put out a ton of stuff for Marvel, but his... Gotcha independent stuff has been crazy uh criminal being like the 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 first thing that he did but he's done a ton of of detective crime stuff so anytime you see ed brubaker's name and sean phillips Mm -hmm. i would just buy it like don't even think about it it's gonna be good oh wow yeah interesting um i'll have to uh i'll have to give that a try criminal you said right yes a hundred percent okay cool yeah um I think it's it for me on the comic book corner. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, if you're into that genre, if you're into murder mysteries and, you know, I know there's a bit of a, you know, murder porn and stuff on Netflix that I'm not like huge into all the time, but I do like the, uh, you know, the detectives playing off each other and uh, you know, the, the other story they're going in there. Who's like, um, just, I guess just real quick. It's a, uh, you know, there's one's a white detective, the other one's a black female, and he has to, you know, step in. He's talking about, you know, the good old boys club that are the, <laughs> the police department. There's uh, there's interesting uh, stuff being uh, tackled there. Okay, cool. So that was The Fourth Man. It's by AWA. Check it out, says Jeff W. Yep. All right, let's get into our main discussion this week, Jeff. The Book of Boba Fett finished. Now, we talked about episodes five and six. 
on mm-hmm. previous shows of Seasons Change. Now Episode 7 came out. Now, we don't have any official confirmation that there's even going to be another season. So uh-huh. I guess I'll just say it's the finale. I don't know if it's the season finale or the show series finale, but it's done. Book of Boba Fett for right now has finished with Episode yeah. 7. And, you know, Jeff W. tried, mm-hmm. you know, he tried last week to pin it on me that uh-huh. I had just completely changed and everything was different. I, I was singing a new song. Well, let me go back to my old song, Jeff. Uh-huh. And let's just say at the end of the show, I'm still left with the question, why? Why did Boba Fett need a show? Why did he do what he what he did in the show? Now, full spoilers, everybody. If you're not mm-hmm. caught up on Book of Boba Fett, uh, don't do not listen to this uh, part of the show. Just skip on to our weekly recommendations. Also, by the way, Jeff, our uh, sister podcast, Geek So to Speak, reviewed the the entire season of Book of Boba Fett. They didn't do it episode by episode like we did, but they yeah. are doing the entire season. So definitely check their episode out. As we record this, it's not out yet, so I haven't listened to it, but. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Robin Schaff put out um, a nice product for everybody to listen to. So check out Geek, so to speak. But Jeff, can can you answer the question for me? Why mm-hmm. does this show exist? What was the point of the book of Boba Fett? After Shows what happened it? to Boba Fett. What do you mean? But why? If we already had like, Mandalorian. No, we we want to see Boba Fett. We want to see no, no, no. the clone. No. The okay, you, you specifically, Jeff. After this season yes. has now finished, yes. can you honestly say that you care about Boba Fett now? No. I don't. That's the point. I don't. That's what I'm saying. Nobody, if we didn't have Mandalorian, maybe, then it would be like, oh, okay, my interest in this character um, is and higher. Can I talk about, there's a couple, I guess we'll just cover this now. My problems with Boba Fett, yeah. the book of Boba Fett. The series. So, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking of, and I will say, overall, I think, you know, despite what you may say, <laughs> I think this was a worthy show. I think it was overall good. I did like it a lot. I think, I think the peaks of this show are some of the peaks that you can possibly have. Uh, for Star Wars, you know, I think there's things that happen in this show that are right up there with the original trilogy, um, much like for me, The Mandalorian has been, you know, um, and, and, and you know, I, I mean, I would say there's stuff, you know, in Clone Wars, you know, there's, there's things that are new, but, you know, if we're talking, you know, prequels and, and stuff like that, I mean, I'm not a huge fan, um, but they're fine movies, but I think, you know, a lot of this... A lot of the stuff that's covered in here was worth it. I think some of the stuff in the season, let's say, you know, getting Ahsoka and Luke in the same frame, uh, you know, on screen together and talking together. And now, you know, confirming they knew each other in this, you know, canon that they're creating, Um, you know, seeing the development of baby Yoda and, uh, you know, getting other stuff. And I even say, you know, seeing... You know, Boba Fett getting out of uh, the Sarlacc pit um, or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, 
Um, I there's problems I have with the character, and I would say overall I do like it. I did think there were interesting things happening here, especially with him trying to be a different person and trying to break the um what do you call it? like the hereditary like the break the cycle of you right. know his father being right. you know a merciless killer you know mm-hmm. and and all that stuff i think there are i think you know there's stuff there that's interesting and i you know i think back like to i mean you know in this in the series and i think you probably would agree any episode in the series that has mando in it is the best episodes of this series right so that was that's five one, and six yeah so that's one of the negatives, I think, because it's, you know, it's it's not overall negative, but I think it's like, hey, you know, you, you know, you you had you kind of have to bring him in to elevate this, in my yeah. in my opinion, a little bit. But I do think about you know the thing of exploring the um, is it, is it the Tuscan Raiders? Am I saying the right yes. the right name mm-hmm. for them? You know, exploring that culture a little bit, and you know his interaction with them, the train heist, you know. Things like that. I think there were, you know, really good moments. Now, the first couple episodes, a little bland. Um, and I guess the, the things I don't like about this is, number one, the amount of times you see him. He basically doesn't wear his helmet the whole show. Right. Uh, which, to me, is part of the... I think it's why Mando is so popular. I think it's why Mando is so good in some aspects because you don't see him take off the helmet. Like there is the mystery. Mm-hmm. There is the, you know, you get it's It'd be like Vader walking around with his helmet off, you know, like he's not going to be nearly as popular as he is when he's full, full Vader outfit. You right. Know what I mean, um, so I think that sucked about the show. I didn't need to see, um, what's the actor's name? Tamara Morrison. Uh, yeah. I did not need to see his face that much. Yeah. Um, as much as, yeah, I could have, you know, or at least, you know, Hey, every once in a while, but like, how about maybe not every single episode he's has his helmet off for 90% of the show. Right. Um, and I think they didn't, and I know he went through a change with the Tuscan Raiders. I know that happened. He, I just don't think a person would change that quick. And I think the, remember I had texted this to you in the middle of me watching the finale. I was like, he's so wishy-washy. It's it's almost like the the daring and the adventurous part of Mando where he's like you're like okay he's going to get out of this and he's going to make it and then you know you're kind of like you know anticipating his next move whereas like Boba Fett every time somebody's like no we shouldn't approach it that way and he's like oh well, let's do it you know and you're like all right fucking do it i guess yeah. dude i mean you know you like you don't have any kind of idea you're not planning anything out here you're supposed to be you well, know, one of the best bounty hunters of all time, if not right. the best. And you, and you, all you do is like your whole character. I think they got lost a little bit in the him trying to be a good guy thing, yeah. where he was just like, oh, "I'll take everybody's suggestions." Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll take that. And it just like to me, it, it weakened the character a bit. Yeah. If, if I had to say we- what my negative feelings about the show, I know you have other stuff too, but th- that's for me where I'm like, it's a little weak. Well, what was crazy about that is like Finnick. Ming-Na Wen's character, Fennec yeah. Shan, she's really the one that comes out looking like the BA, like, yeah. you know, best bounty character. Hunter, yeah, that's like that's that. who I thought Boba Fett was going to be, where yeah. she takes out the entire 
council or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. all the, the oh, mayor the of this finale. Yeah, she's in she takes room. out all of them. She yeah. saves all the bikers. If you remember mm -hmm. when she's on her way to that yep. place, yep. the bikers are uh, pinned down. She saves all of them. She does. She does other dirty work in the other episodes too. I remember yeah, she, she had makes to go recruit some people. I remember. Yeah, she's the um, best sniper. She's yep. the best fighter. Mm -hmm. She is the best decision maker, like strategy tactician. When Cad Bane tries to to goad Boba Fett into fighting, yeah. she's like, "No, not right now. You're too emotional." Like yeah. everything that she does, you figure that's what Boba Fett would have did, or that would have made it the Boba Fett show versus now. I almost feel like it's the Phoenix show because she made all the decisions and he just backed her up, you know. So yeah, I agree with that. And you look at the Mandalorian versus Book of Boba Fett. There feels like one cohesive idea behind each season of of Mandalorian, right? Like you feel like the first season, the journey of finding out Grogu and what's going on with him. And then right. you also had the Mandalorian backstories as well. This is the way and expanding upon all that stuff. And then mm -hmm. season two, just more of that. And there's like a clear through line of the season. Like, oh, okay, we're starting here and we're going here. With Boba Fett, I almost felt like the Sarlacc, I didn't need to know because even the answer that they gave us wasn't even that no. satisfying. Because which is like it, it was almost like the one the thing that's spoken about a million times, and they just do it, and so you're kind of like, "Well, there it is, I guess." Yeah, you know? yeah. And it, you've had like forty years. Now this is if you're a longtime Star Wars fan or Boba Fett fan, you've had like thirty, forty years of wondering, "Oh yeah, how did he get out of the Sarlacc pit?" And they had stuff in the Legends, which was that was before Disney bought them. All mm -hmm. of those storylines in the novels and in the comics of how Boba Fett got out. But then to see this version of it, it was kind of just underwhelming, which is actually my my thought for episode seven itself. Um, I don't think the whole season was underwhelming because we got episodes five and six. Yeah. There's no way that the whole show was underwhelming because we got those things. Mm -hmm. But the finale itself to me was underwhelming and there's a couple of reasons why number one it was the same as the starlight pit like oh okay that was the end that was mm -hmm. it and number two it felt like there was no stakes because mm -hmm. why was you know they never quite explained what was his end game even cad bane asked him like what's your angle like why and yeah. he's like the, the answer that he gives is these are my people. I must right. protect them. Wait, <laughs> why are these your people? Like, yeah. there's no loyalty that Boba Fett ever had to Tatooine. Hey, now, they, the share, they share melons in the street <laughs> at the end. You now, know. the sand people, that makes sense, right? Those are his yeah. people. Okay. Yeah. But the townspeople in yeah. Mos Espa, like, what? Who cares about those guys? Like, they don't care about you. They didn't. Uh, I guess my only counter to that would be do you think he feels a loyalty to the Tuscans? Like it's more of a planet thing rather than the city. Like, Hey, I owe it to this, to the, the people that inha inhabit this planet too. Well, that would, if he said up? that specifically, then that would um, solve all of my like confusions mm -hmm. and disappointment. If he said, this is my planet, but yeah. him saying, these are my people to Cad Bane, he didn't mention the Tuscans. He didn't yeah. say like 
this planet is under my protection or whatever. And him wanting to rule by respect. Well, you're still trying to rule these guys. Like what you're not really. And Cad Bane even talks about like, you tried to go straight and it failed. All right. The yeah. lesson is never try. Might as well move back to doing something like that. You're good at. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So to me, it was just like, at the end of the day, what was the point of him getting out of the Sarlacc and then trying to rule the people at the at the end, right? Now, right. if they tell us some other stories in Mandalorian Season 3, they're like, all right, we went back to Tatooine and there's Boba and, and he actually, there was a reason why he did all this, right? Like that mm. would that would change my viewpoint on this season. But as it sits right now, at the end of this season... I'm just kind of left with, well, why? Why did, why did we need that? So what you're what you're saying to me is that you hate the people of Tatooine. <laughs> yeah, those the the melon lovers of Tatooine, <laughs> except for actually Amy Sedaris's character. She was one of my favorite parts of this show and on Mandalorian. Um, uh, I was gonna say, Kelly. can I ask you? Yes. Um, sorry, not not to cut you off, but um, I just want to say this before I forget. So Cobb Vanth, um. Right, that's the, it's Cobb, right? Yeah, yes, Cobb, correct. Um, all the Fantastics character. Yes, he does. He become like who is he? I I don't know his character from anything. I don't think uh, he's from the novels. That. Yeah, so the aftermath is, trilogy. Does he become like half of a robot or something? Like, is that like what this is leading to? Like, does he or like you know? This seems like they're implying that he's going to come out of this thing a, a modded person. Yeah, right. right. So I'm wondering, like, what is that who he is, or is he just like a sheriff in the novels? Do you know? I don't no, know. No, not a hundred percent because the novels are like my blind spot when it comes to okay. Star Wars. Gotcha. But from what I know, from what I've looked up, mm-hmm. he is like the the marshal. He's okay. like that the mayor of the town or whatever. Okay. And him having Boba Fett's armor, those are the, the things that defined him. Yeah. As far yeah. as I know. Like, I don't know what happens um, after, like, in the whole Aftermath trilogy and and um, mm-hmm. things like that. But I think what the way that they're trying to set him up, now he's obviously going to come back. He's not dead. Maybe he becomes the mayor of that town. And that maybe oh. they join with free people or whatever, or Freetown. Right. And... He is the mayor, and then that leaves Boba Fett and Finnick free to go do missions. Okay, yeah, we can fly mm. off planet. Okay. We can go do something else. Yeah. That's what it seems like. But, yeah, as far as his character, he's not famous for having an artificial arm or something. Mm-hmm. So um, it's... Yeah, I was going to say, so yeah, I was going to say, back to what you were saying, your favorite characters. I was just like, I was thinking of that, and I'm like, he was, uh, it was that's confusing to me what's happening there. Yeah, well, besides him being Timothy Oliphant, like, really, in the series itself, nothing really happened to make you love him. It's more of the actor portraying him Mm -hmm. that was endearing. But, yeah, Amy Sedaris' character, I really liked all throughout. So, if there's more people like her on Tatooine, I would say, okay, I'll save these people. Yeah, but, and then um, who was the who him her and like the male equivalent of her on the uh, the guy they keep making fun of the tails on his head. Oh, um, right. 
I'm blanking Wait, what on is his it? name. Yeah, I can't, um, I'm blanking on. He was like the mayor's spokesperson or whatever his right uh, the major domo. Is. Yeah, he um, he's been he's become in this. Uh, he's kind of been annoying to me in some of that stuff, but he was funny in this episode. I thought there was uh, some good moments with him. Yeah, those two are have been uh, pretty funny to me. Yeah, and David Pasquazi was the actor. Um, okay. I guess he's been in other things. I'm not familiar specifically with him, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I, I really liked the way that that he played that character and how slimy he was. Yeah. Um, oh, they list him as unidentified uh, Twilight Major Domo. So I don't. Maybe they didn't oh. even name him. Yeah, Mock Shy's Major Domo. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So Mock Shy was the or Shaz was the Robert Rodriguez mayor mm-hmm. character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I guess he was on Veep. I'm looking up his filmography now oh okay um, so that's why and, i would know him yeah yeah i don't know him from anything else but he was he was great as the slimy guy that was always trying to do something to get out of it mm-hmm. um so yeah i really liked his character um the you know what really bothered me in as far as that that last because the whole episode is just like a fight the whole thing is just a big battle uh-huh the mods guns that they were using now this is the biker gang they're using these little pea-sized pistols. And I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? First of all, it doesn't the look... The men in black pistol. Yeah. yeah <laughs> the noisy cricket. It doesn't yeah. look intimidating. Mm-hmm. So when you have the characters like holding out, like you look ridiculous. You look like you got a little toy in your hand. And then you're fighting these guys with these long rifles and blasters. I'm like, get out of here. So that was... Yeah. The, just the gun gunplay overall was kind of underwhelming to me. But mm-hmm. I think Robert Rodriguez, I don't know, man. Something over the years, he's just kind of fallen off. There's certain directors that, after a while, they just can't. It's it's like I think with music artists too. You know, you think about the first albums that some people come out with, and then they just can't follow it up with a good mm-hmm. second album. Or thirty years down the road, they're just not the same artist as they were. Match. You just can't match the like. Michael Jackson was never matching Thriller. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was very difficult to to go anywhere near those heights. And Robert Rodriguez was a guy that I loved when he first came out, kind of like Kevin Smith, an independent director. He did everything on his own. Mm-hmm. In this, and then you start to get to things like Spy Kids 3 and Alita Battle Angel. There's just, his work has significantly diminished in my eyes. And I think every episode, he directed three episodes in Book of Boba Fett. Every episode that he did was less exciting. And you just kept making me want to see the Filoni episode, the Bryce Dallas Howard episode. Like, all these other people are coming in with fresh, new blood. It would be like Taika coming in and doing something. And then you've Mm -hmm. got Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. And I almost feel like he tries to do too much because... He was the voice of the mayor, like I said. Um, uh, he tries to do the music, although it's not like he's credited as doing the music on here. But on other projects, he does the music. He's the the lighting guy, the sound guy. Like he he tries to be too much independent, and I almost feel like that suffers to a point. So, in the actual final battle, just none of the action was that interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Now I did like the the CG on the Rancor. Yeah, so the Rancor, uh, that in general, I 
it was a little bit boring to me in some aspects, but I did like that. Like I had forgot about that. Like I had totally. Right. Right. They had set it up earlier in the season. Yeah. And I was like, what is he, where is he going? And I'm trying to think of who else it is. And then he comes out that I'm like, Oh, that's right. So I did, they did fool me in that way. I for totally forgot about it. Yeah. I liked how they made it kind of look like stop motion, like the original in, um, return of the Jedi. Oh, it was a stop motion animation. So they made it kind of move like that, but also Mm -hmm. they made him like a God's, um, a King Kong type of monster. And you never saw that in the original. Like he was like a slow moving character. Luke takes him out just by dropping a gate on his head. Yeah. And you never got to see him jumping, you know, throwing people into um, buildings and things like that. Right. Right. I th- I almost feel like they used it too much. Like it, it was an hour long episode and mm-hmm. they probably could have cut down the rancor stuff a little bit and made it more interesting. Cause it did start to get boring after a little while. And then at the end, it's like, all right, he took out all the the droids. Now we got to take him out. We got to take the Rancor out because he's going crazy. Like, what? Well, it's like 20 minutes of that, right? Yeah. But it's like 20 minutes. I think, I think you're right. Like, it was like a long segment of this. I'm trying to think of, think of any other scene or any other thing that happens for 20 minutes in any of the Mando or Boba Fett or any of these, you know, Disney Plus series. Like, not a lot goes on for 20 minutes almost, you right. know? But this definitely right. goes on for a minute. Yeah, it was a little long. Um, so that was, you know, that was something. But overall, it was just, like I said, very underwhelming to me what happened and where Boba Fett ends up mm-hmm. versus where he started out. And it was a story that I wasn't clamoring for. It was a question. It was like the Han Solo name reveal. Why is your name Han Solo? Like uh-huh. nobody asked that question. I don't I didn't really care right. about Boba Fett at the end of it. I cared about Grogu, I cared about mm-hmm. Mando, Ahsoka, Luke, all the sh- the elements that came from the Mandalorian. I cared yeah. about. Oh, and Cad Bane, which was from the Clone Wars. But yeah. we need to talk about him cuz Yeah, Boba himself, I just didn't, you know, overall just didn't care for his yeah. character. And you you, I think you were also a little predisposed because you've never, like you said, when we started the, when the season started, you were not big into him either anyway, right? Right. But yeah, Boba Fett as a character. So you didn't never... come in with the like, hey, I'm, I'm excited for this, like yeah. even before the show. Yeah. I never found his armor to be intriguing. Now, when I watch Mando, I'm like, yeah, this is great. Now yeah. I, I can kind of, I see what people liked about Boba yeah. Fett. Yeah, now I, I get that with Mando. Yeah, and I and I and even you know I was hyped for this show, and I still and I and I would say I overall liked it, but I you know I would I would say that Mando is the superior version of Boba Fett. You know they yeah they somehow miraculously just did another different Mandalorian, and and it's just probably one of the best ones. You know if we're talking about like you know Bo Katan and. And, you know, whoever else, like Mando's probably the Mandalorian, you know what I mean? Like the Mandalorian face. Oh, yeah. Um, I think we're going to get about, a... uh, or we, we, You think we're going to get a Bo-Katan show? Yeah, I think we're going to get a ton more stuff with, with her. Yeah. And the whole, the Darksaber bringing, you know, Mandalore back. Mm-hmm. I think Sabine Wren is going to be introduced. She's from Rebels, and mm-hmm. she's Mandalorian. Because okay. there's not... Very many Mandos running around now because we saw yeah. in that episode five, it was like the armor and then uh, Vizsla, 
who was voiced by John Favreau, and Mando, yeah. and that was yeah. it. So that was their whole creed. Yeah, the that whole was idea the whole... is they got kind of wiped too. They're yeah, kind of, they're kind of Jedi esque in that sense. Is that you know there's been a you know a purge of their their kind. Yeah. And yeah. just like the Jedi, there's like loose ones running around. Like Sabine is out there. Mm-hmm. Bo Katan is out there. We saw um, her group that had Sasha Banks in it, like that yep. whole group. Yep. So yeah, there's there's a ton more coming, I think, in Mando season um, three. And then I was yeah. gonna say, just um, if we could talk about the Cad Bane thing real quick while it's yeah. um, fresh in my mind, a couple weird things about that. Um, the one uh, I didn't like how like that would be to me anticlimactic, even though I really like how Cad Bane looks in here, and I love that they yeah. got the voice, and you know, I I like his presence in it. Uh, especially like you know, uh, I was watching the uh, Screen Crush talk about it, and everybody always mentions that, and it's one of my favorites too—the holocron theft episode oh, yeah. of, right. of Clone Wars. And you're right. like, like this is where you're like you're seeing this guy like become like a master of like what he does, you know? And yeah. I'm like, that's where I want Cad Bane. Um, and it was a little bit like even the move that he does at the end. Um, is a little bit weak of how he dies, just like surprised, you know, uh, you know, he got stabbed and it was, he just got stabbed and it's like, he had oh, already hey, beat you beat weapon, you know, yeah, he like, beat him in the gunfight. Yeah. And the only explanation I can come up with is he was like, Hey, Boba Fett was like, I'm not a little boy anymore. And you're an old man. That was the yeah. only, because we don't see him acting like an old man. We don't yeah. know. And you're not like looking at his face, and being like, "Oh, that's an aged blue alien face." Yeah, that's, you know, there's no way to tell, <laughs> right? And now in the like in the Star Wars universe, his mm-hmm. his alien race, like, oh, we have to take okay, how old was he in Clone Wars? How old is he in this? Yeah. We have to piece all that together, which I did. And yeah, he's an old man if you know all that stuff, but nothing in the show tells you that except for Boba Fett saying, "Hey, you're an old man," mm-hmm. and so. That's kind of weird, you know, coming to it as you're as just somebody who's watching the show and you're like, all right, everything I saw, he beat Cobb Vanth, he beat Boba Fett. Yeah. Well, Cad Bane is the this guy is the guy we like, and he's well, this yeah. is the guy that can beat everybody. And now he just got stabbed with a gaffy stick. Oh wow. yeah. And I guess they, they leave the window open, like we you know, the little beeping uh light on his chest. Yeah, uh, whatever that represents. Um, so I, I don't think I'm convinced that it's over. I just think it'd be a shame if we don't get a a Cad Bane centric you know, I don't they don't have to name it Cad Bane, you know, but like right. if we don't get a storyline where he is doing his his bounty hunting and, you know, I, it would be a disappointment to me if they never yeah, Well, it would kind of be like if they just brought Darth Maul back for one episode and yeah. then killed him yeah. after not having anything else besides him dying in episode one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you'd be like, well, I saw his beginning and I was seeing his ending. What about everything in between? That's kind of how I felt with Cad Bane. You see yeah. him in Clone Wars. You see him in Bad Batch. Maybe we'll see him some more in ba- in Bad Batch season two, which is coming later this year. Yep. But to see just if this is his end, it was not a very satisfying end for me. Mm-hmm. Now, hopefully, he isn't dead, like you said, having that beeping. What's weird is I was listening to Peter Zaretta on the Slash Film Daily podcast, and they always do recaps of all these. He was uh-huh. saying in the audio description of the episode, which I never 
look at, but oh, like you know, subtitles. Uh-huh. Yeah, there is a specific one where it's not just the dialogue; it's the actual. It tells you what's happening. So, yeah. Boba hears this in the background. It'll say that instead of you know just the subtitles. Oh, just you get like stage actions. Yeah, the audio thing. description yeah. of it uh-huh. said the life was le- leaving Cad Bane's body. So I don't know, you know, take of it what you will, what that means. But also in that audio description, it, it made a point to point out the beeping on his chest. So, yeah, we don't know what's going on there. But he's a Dave Filoni creation. Hopefully Filoni's mm-hmm. not done with him and he'll bring him back for something else. Yeah, and I think you can you can go back in the timeline, do whatever you got to do. But if we don't yeah, get we can definitely, out of him, you Yeah, know. have a flashback somewhere. Like I said, in yeah. Bad Batch, they, we mm-hmm. already saw him in season one. Yeah. So he's at his peak, I think, in that series. That's yeah. right around Order 66, <laughs> right around, you know, the end of, right after uh, episode three, but before episode four. So it's right in the middle there. So we mm-hmm. definitely could have that. But I think overall, for me, if they had just said, this is like Dan Mural, um, who I, I really like on YouTube, he does recaps and stuff. He was saying, why don't we just have one Star Wars show, call it Chronicles, call it the Tales of Tatooine, um, but just have one show and then, all right, this is the Mando week, this is the Boba Fett week, this is the Luke Skywalker week. Like You could tell all these stories, but just have it under one show instead of separate shows. So... And also, Dan Mural was like, eh, they should have left him in the Sarlacc. We shouldn't have brought him out. And I was like, yeah, I don't really know why. Like, unless Mando's building an army later and we need to call Boba Fett Uh or something, maybe then it'll show up. But at this point, I still don't know why specifically he came out. What was the story that they needed to tell in general with this this show? I just don't know. Because if you think about it as just this show itself... Not Mandalorian, not anything greater than this. Yeah. What were the stakes? What was the villain, right? Like, what was who was the main antagonist? Because it wasn't like the mayor. Like, they were trying right. to set the, him up, the and then Pikes he disappeared. kind of were yeah, the, the Pikes, main, and I guess if you had the, the biker name, gang, like, that, yeah. ki- like, there's, it was it's just kind nothing. of all over the place. Yeah, like, there's no yeah. big bad. Like, there's no yeah. kingpin in this, yeah. in this season. So, yeah. just as a sh- season itself... Should have had a, a more like overall better narrative and better t- everything tying itself together and more character development, like more with Boba Fett, like you were saying, him becoming a good guy, him becoming a having a code. Because even you know what would have made sense was okay, he wants to rule with respect, right? Have him going from a lawless bounty hunter like Cad Bane, not caring about anybody into okay now i care about having a a creed having respect i want to join mandalorian this is the way because even when mandalorian says that to him he's like yeah you still believe that uh that bantha fodder fodder yeah yeah Yeah. so it's like oh i thought he would have believed i thought boba fett would have been all into it but Mm. but he's just him being for the the car <laughs> yeah maybe maybe in the future he'll he'll want to join up with the mandos but mm-hmm. for this then, or yeah go ahead yeah i was just gonna say for this moment it was um mm. not unsatisfying to me and um i guess we'll talk about 
the Grogu stuff. Yes. Um, I think when I was reading through the notes, you just put Grogu wasted. Uh, I don't Overall, know if I that. Uh, because well, the reason the reason why I said that is uh-huh. because they brought him in right, and he has two moments. Mm-hmm. First of all, when they when now, they hold very on first second. hold on a second before you get disrespectful. This is yeah. a baby Yoda, okay? So be respectful. Go <laughs> ahead. I'm not gonna call I you that, Grogu. That's a yeah. terrible name. <laughs> the very first when the scene where he jumps into Mando's arms, uh-huh. I thought that was my son. Like they, the like I said, yeah. and I've talked about this on the previous episodes. The way they make his movements, the way mm-hmm. they make him sound, like these guys yeah. are fathers because all I could see was my son every time I saw Grogu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those parts for me, I was like, yes, this is great. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I put he was wasted is because he's supposed to be like the heavy hitter, right? Like, all right. Yeah. We, and we, we saw that in Mandalorian. We bring him out when we need like a, a huge force power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's two specific moments in this show. One, he pulls the little piece out from the robot's leg. The scorpion, scorpion egg droid, he pulls out the pin, uh, yes. and then that brings his leg down. Mm-hmm. That, I thought, should have ended that robot. It did not. The robot kept going. Even the dark saber didn't stop the robot. I was like, "What is going on here?" Like, uh, yeah, dark, right. like, dark saber doesn't stop him. <laughs> Grogu doesn't stop him. Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, I was gonna say, like, you think it was, or I was hoping for like a, um, uh, you know, when Luke crushes the uh the black um uh, stormtrooper robot yes, things right. whatever they are mm-hmm. uh the i was hoping for something like that yeah. where he would like crush it you know or like right. show more force not just pull it not just disable right. a leg you know right yeah i was a little bit disappointed by by that and then now the second one where he calms the rancor down mm-hmm. maybe if they had just had that moment because i just felt like he was overused where it's like you have to, you know, you have the big boss battle. You have to call in your big guns. And yeah. let's say, for example, in a video game, like you've been using your machine gun the whole time and you're saving your rockets or your bomb. Right. Yeah. Just drop it on them and that's what kills them. With Grogu, less is more, I think. Only having him do that one time, yeah. that would have been fine. And him making the choice of the Mandalorian's armor over Luke's training. I want to see the ramifications for that. Like what's going to happen. And we're going to have to wait until Mando to see that. So in Mm. this show itself, I just felt like the finale specifically, they they wasted him. They shouldn't have brought him in or just use him once. And that's Mm. it. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's interesting because I think they've, they've almost found like their Calvin and Hobbes. I think we've talked about this before that. I think like anytime you have them on screen together, um, the show for me has been, you know, like, like clearly this is going to be the, this is the marketing. This is the, right. you know, this, these are the moments. These are like, people love these characters. Uh, yeah. I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if I'd say wasted, but I know what you mean. It's like, he is, he's definitely in there to like move the plot along, maybe not necessarily for anything else. Whereas, right. And you that know, even the previous episodes, like, hey, he's here. You're seeing his backstory. You're seeing that he like. I think maybe the significant thing here, if I'm reading into it more than just like what happened, like, you know, like clearly, like he, okay, he chose, you know, Mando. Um, so he's left that. So like, you know, the, even 
though not much has been said, like there is still a significance to him just being there, right? Like there right. is, uh, you know, implications from that, right? Right. Yeah. So definitely, um, there was a, there was a lot of things in the finale that I enjoyed, but they could have shortened it. They could have cut down some of the Grogu stuff, some of the Rancor mm-hmm. stuff, some of the action stuff, because even the battle kind of got boring. Um, yeah, twenty minutes point. of that is like Jesus. Yeah, because you have um, to have some variation. Yeah, well, actually, you know when that that sick spin move, dude, uh, you know that really set it off. You know? <laughs> that spin move is hilarious. It's all over TikTok and Twitter. Yeah. Everybody's talking about it. It's funny because Mando does it also, but most people uh-huh. are talking about that. That. I don't know, Skaggs or something was his name. Yeah, I just call him the droids. Yeah. The mod guy, the black modder, Uh um, his spin move, everybody's talking about. But I think there's some good stuff, there's some bad stuff. Overall, the Mando stuff raises it to another level. I I just kind of fall in the middle on Book of Boba Fett. Um, Uh I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. But the Mando stuff definitely brings it up. All the Filoni stuff raises it uh, to another level. Mm. I did want to say something real quick, Jeff. Um, I forgot to mention, or I guess I did not uh-huh. learn until later, when we were talking about the Luke Skywalker stuff, we had mentioned that Mark Hamill did his voice. And oh, right, he's yeah. credited in the show. So that's why I thought, oh, okay, he did the voice. And we haven't seen the behind-the-scenes thing yet. That hasn't are they doing out. one of those? Do we know? I'm pretty sure they are, because... They yeah. just came out with that assembled for Hawkeye. Oh, so it okay. seems like they're doing it for every Marvel and every Disney show. Mm. Or I'm sorry, every Marvel, every Star Wars show. So I'm pretty sure there's going to be one for Book of Boba Fett. Gotcha. But the, I found out from also from that Slash Film podcast, um, Luke's voice was from archival footage that they fed into a computer and the AI oh. spit out his voice. And what was that? What was that? Um, the Anthony Bourdain documentary. Remember that? Oh, it was that basically. And you know what's crazy? This technology exists in a program called uh, Descript, which Uh I use. I was using for editing podcast, and Uh it has an AI feature in there where you can just type something, and Uh it will read it in Jeff W's voice. Like if you give Uh it. Yeah, if you give it some samples, it'll actually manipulate your voice and put it out there. So I think this technology is definitely coming. Like, I don't think anybody's stopping it. Yeah, Um, and you know, it's like, um, I know you're not like on the TikTok, but they have a, there's like a TikTok voice that people use for like the subtitles or like the text. Oh, right, 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 yeah. And that sounds like somebody's talking. Yes, It's annoying, but it's like... There's a guy's voice. Maybe I'll find one and like link it if I can. But it sounds like a person talking, and you're like, that is pretty impressive. That it, they like, I mean, it makes you think like, hey, you know, you can't trust a phone call anymore. You know what I mean? Because it's like it sounds so real. You know? Right. Yeah. That is. I remember when I saw that. Like I want to say 2012. Yeah. They had put out a press conference. I can't remember which company it was. It was some big corporation, and they had mm-hmm. put out look, we can manipulate the audio. And I was like, all right, that has some serious moral ramifications and you yeah. can't trust mm-hmm. because it's already, you know, you've already got Photoshop and, and CG and stuff where you can't trust your eyes, but now you can't trust your ears. If you hear right. somebody's voice, they may not have said that. 
That may yeah. be AI. Anyways, that's what they did with Mark Hamill and with Luke Skywalker. I think it was uh, some mixed results. It's still not perfected yet where you're like, oh, I can't tell. That's not Mark Hamill's voice. Because <laughs> theoretically, if they only took clips from him from that time period, yeah, that should sound perfect, right? But it ended up sounding like robotic, like no emotion to it. Mm-hmm. And also... It felt like just, oh, that was Mark Hamill with his voice pitched down, like they had modified it, but it didn't sound exactly like Luke from that time period. So I'm sure it will get there, but I think it's something to keep an eye on because there's some definite moral um, ramifications from that. And and especially we we talk about that, the Bourdain thing, like at least like Hamill's there, you can credit him, pay him, give him money for his likeness and he can sign off on these things, you know, and you can use him where possible. Right. Whereas, like, the thing is, like, when people you know, pass when James away, Earl, when James Earl Jones dies, right, and they use that Vader voice because you know right. they're going to somehow, like, what is that like? Right. You know what I mean? Well, I what wonder. Is that? <laughs> yeah. Even in the Star Wars universe, I wonder if they're going to keep on going with Han and Luke. I mean, um, mm-hmm. Princess Leia. Like, she's yeah. already passed away. Harrison yeah. Ford's getting up there. He's almost passed away. So mm-hmm. I wonder if they're going to continue to do that stuff because we could see that in this time period. We saw Luke already. What's Leia up to? What's Han Solo up to? You know fans are going to start, you know, wanting that, and they're going to start wondering that. But, um, yeah. One more thing I wanted to say real quick before we finish up our thoughts on Book of Boba Fett. Did you notice the music change at the end? Did you listen to it? Um, You know, I didn't, but you know what? If we're going to say the thing I noticed about music, I did notice the music, the change. Are Are you talking about the chanting? Actually, yes. is that yes. the chanting? Yes. Um, I'll just say um, Boba Fett, or not Boba, but uh, Din Djarin, uh, Mando, uh-huh. has like the best intro music. Like, whenever, oh, like, yeah. I was thinking about yeah. the bag, like, I'm just thinking back to the other episode when they, yes. you know, his full episode. Right. And he's in that, like, uh, almost like a, like a butcher's, like, you know, like whatever, not want to say factory, but like yeah. that, you know, whatever you call that. Uh, and it just rings that like that sound of his. I'm like, that is a great intro. Well, um, even in this, but I did notice the chance. Yes. Yeah, even in this episode, you know, his theme is is played in the background when he comes in. And that last scene, the very last shot of this show is him and Grogu in the in the um the mm, N1 and, starfighter. Yep. And they're playing the like it pans up from the planet up to the you know, to the stars and to the to the planet itself and you hear his his song come in and you're like yes it just it, that gets you pumped but the the thing about the chant that was different all season long it's just been like just notes boom boom yeah. this one they put words to it and the boom boom became boba fett yeah that, it actually added his name to it i was like oh they should have had that the whole season yeah. So I re- I really liked uh, Ludwig Göransson is credited for doing the themes of the show, not the actual score, but mm-hmm. the theme song itself, and then okay. just the themes in general. So that yeah. was that was cool. But as as someone you know that we know might say, Jeff, there was a lot of pew pew in this one. There's there's a mm-hmm. lot of pew pew, very little plot or character development, and I, I just felt like the pew pew wasn't done very yeah. well. That's all. That's all. Some people are there for. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, did you have anything else to say about Book of Boba Fett? Uh, no, I think I'm good. 
All right, cool. Let's get into our weekly recommendations this week. What Jeff and I think you should be watching or consuming. Mm -hmm. um, there's a Showtime documentary called We Need to Talk About Cosby. And yeah. it's written and directed by W. Kamal Bell, who is a stand-up comedian that I like. Who is also in my recommendation that I'll talk about ah. in a bit. But yeah. It's a four-part documentary series exploring Bill Cosby's descent from America's dad to alleged sexual predator. Uh, I have watched uh -huh. half of this series so far. Have, have you had a chance to watch any of it? I have not had a chance to watch any. I was trying to find the episode that I was trying to find the other day. Uh, I have been, been waiting to get a full season. And, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, all... If you know all, what I'm saying... Yeah, Wonder Rob, if you can find it for us, just drop yeah. a, drop a link. Yeah, yeah we know um, you're you're big into that world. Yeah, <laughs> all four episodes are out on Showtime, and mm -hmm. there's actually a podcast that KCRW did of the business with W. Kamal Bell. So I'll leave a link in the show notes. I haven't had a chance to to listen to it yet. I'm a little bit behind on the business, but I'm I'm pretty sure it's going to be good. I found the first two episodes to be exactly what I wanted. It's exactly what I thought it was going to be. And uh -huh. exactly what I wanted it to be. And that is sh pulling back the curtain, showing us something that we did not know, and uh -huh. doing it in an entertaining way. So he's got stand-up comedians. He's got actors that worked with Bill Cosby. He's got all these ties to Cosby telling mm -hmm. you, like talking to the camera. And uh -huh. then also... Uh, not yet, but I heard he does come in later. Yeah, he's yeah. a major part of the story, yes. but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So I'm, maybe that'll be in episode three, but I'm loving it so far. This is exactly what I love about these type of documentaries. I think that R. Kelly one is what kind of set it off. Just like with, yeah. the, with the Michael Jordan documentary, mm -hmm. The Last Dance, I think because of that last dance, now we had the Tom Brady one. We had the Joe Montana one on Peacock and we had yeah. the Terry Bradshaw one on HBO. Like there's mm -hmm. a, all these sports docs are coming. There's a magic Johnson doc coming, which I'll probably talk yep. about on this episode or yeah, this we'll show talk, later. We'll watch that. Yeah. Um, so the way that that one, the Jordan one opened the floodgates on sports. I think the R Kelly one opened it up for kind of like scandals and, and mm. things like that. There's a Janet Jackson documentary that's on uh, Lifetime, which I haven't had a chance to check out. If you're, now, her, if you're nasty, yep. <laughs> hers is not necessarily like a scandal because, you know, the uh, biggest scandal she had was Nipplegate at the Super nose, Bowl. That nose, man. And that, that nose. Something <laughs> happened with those noses, baby. Well, I don't know if that's <laughs> controversy, but I, <laughs> I want to watch that. Um, I, You know, I just like watching documentaries on musicians, even if I know a lot of, about them mm -hmm. already, I still like to see, oh, maybe I didn't know as much. Yeah. That was the same thing with Cosby. I grew up a big Bill Cosby fan. Even going back to mm -hmm. when I was a kid, Fat Albert and Picture Page were educational content that I loved. Uh -huh. And then going into Cosby's show, and he had, a, he had multiple Cosby shows, but you know the one that we think of as the Cosby show where he's playing the dad and they've got all the kids. Alicia Keys mm -hmm. even appeared on one of those episodes. Uh, oh, that's wow. okay. a little side note. But, you know, the fact that he's out now, which I didn't even yeah. know. Like, I hadn't been keeping up with the trial or whatever, you know, the, yeah, all the yeah. proceedings. But He's also, I'm going to say, this hard to look at uh, for oh, me. Oh, yeah. But anyways, all that being said, 
at the end of the day, I still like, I don't want to believe it, but I could, I'm not saying, oh yeah, it's never, it's not possible. He could yeah. never have done that. No, it's very possible. He definitely uh-huh. could have done it. Yeah. And there are some very strange things like red flags that go up when you see what, you know, you see all the things that happen, uh-huh. but I can also see it being explained as, oh, this is like his maturity level. This was his, up, you know, the way that he grew up, things like that. It yeah. is innocent, but it can be taken as, hey, wait a minute, there's something strange here. Anyways, Cosby's the same way where it was like, you know, and R. Kelly too. I didn't want mm-hmm. to believe it. But then at this point now, yes, R. Kelly and Cosby both. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, it'd be very hard to say that those guys are not guilty of, of what they were accused of. Yeah, and just the the amount of evidence. And you know, right. I think you look at yeah, both Jackson of them. Both. Some yes. people would look at the, the Michael Jackson thing and be like, hey, you know, this is still a little bit questionable and you don't know. But I think um, I try not to think about it too much on that one because I just don't know myself. And you don't want it yeah. to be true. He didn't have. But, um, 500 Kelly, kids yeah. coming out. Yeah, yeah. Like like both Cosby and R. Kelly. It was like, you guys, yeah. not only are you dumb for doing it, but the amount of times you did it, that just mm-hmm. showed you, you just thought you were never going to get caught. Like the yeah. fact that Cosby was doing this, and, and in the documentary, they have testimony from um, mm-hmm. women from the 70s, maybe even the 60s, and um, I haven't gotten to the 80s yet in the documentary, yeah, but man, they have. Yeah, you're pretty sure this guy's been doing it for mm-hmm. the entire time, his entire career. And the other thing that's kind of interesting about the documentary, which I didn't know, he was almost like leaving breadcrumbs throughout his career uh-huh. where yeah. he was like saying jokes about Spanish fly, about... Oh, hey, yeah, yeah. it's kind of funny if you get a girl drunk, like if you put a little nigga in a drink. And you get a pudding pop and a pop pudding, yeah. And it was like, whoa, wait a minute. Now yeah. that we have this context for yeah. these things, that's very strange. It's like, was his conscience, even if it was subconsciously, right? Like, was it him trying to get caught or him trying mm-hmm. to tell on himself or yeah. his guilt of, hey, I'm doing these things? And the whole time he's doing it, he's married with kids. And it's like, dang, this is, there's so many things wrong about this. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think your concern, and when when we were talking about this in our Discord, was that it would paint him in the light of, well, he's not a bad guy. You know, you should not, you should take it with a grain of salt, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you know, really, really what it is to me, and I think the thing that becomes a major problem, and it's it's the hardest part about doing these documentaries, I think, especially if there is gray, more gray area, you know? Right. Um, is disc- trying to discredit people who are, who were victims. Um, right, like, right. You know, like, if, if it's some random model that Cosby was with, Cosby has, you know, even if Cosby gets in trouble and he loses his career, you know, it's kind of like the thing of where, you know, somebody's like, man, I feel bad for that, you know, really famous athlete. Like, I don't. He goes home to his mansion right. and he's rich. You know what I mean? Right. Like, hey, sucks you lost a football game, my dude. But right. guess what? Your life is great. It is yeah. fine. Who cares about a game? 
it's the same thing here where it's like, hey, even if Bill Cosby gets you know caught with this and like and if he doesn't get in trouble, who who gives a shit? He's rich, you know what I mean? And like right. I think it's well I'm always and conscious with him, when people who have everything to lose come out and to try to discredit. That was my fear of this. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think in the two episodes I've watched, I don't think that's what's happening here. Uh-huh. But like what you just said, it was kind which of which makes me point. more intrigued, which it does. Like, I'm like, okay, now I, you know, yeah, they're pretty hard on him. And they also try to show you the good things that he did mm-hmm. to show you as a conflict. Like, yeah. Okay. Why people are like, I know people I was telling you about the person I know that is right. very much like he is innocent and you're just right. like, it is yeah. hard to not cringe when that person is saying that, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, to me, it's, it's very interesting thinking about it's not black and white it's this is a human being and human beings are flawed the he could be an advocate for you know racism and slavery and things like that but then mm-hmm. at the also at the same time he could be doing these terrible things in the background yeah. and you just did not know about it so yeah. it's not he's he's hitler he's all evil yeah he i'm sure even hitler like there's probably good things that he did in his life. You know, I don't know, but from a, yeah, whatever perspective, this is not the devil. This is not, everything is not, you're either all good or you're all bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, it's also about like the generational thing where for me, Cosby doesn't mean as much to me. Right. You know, I can live with that, but like, let's say if you replace the name with, you know, Jay-Z, uh, the weekend, Drake, you know what I mean? People that I enjoy, you know, like, does you know do i have a conflict there you know what i mean that right. is so i can understand it from that perspective and it's it's something that um like i said i, I just find it interesting the way that kumel does it um mm-hmm. the way that he structures it and mm-hmm. the way that he shows those different sides and also he even shows like the stand up comedians and the people that he gets on here you see their joy when they bring out they bring out these tablets, these iPads, and they're like, "Here, look at this. Uh-huh. Here's one of his old standups. Here's one of the picture yeah. page show. Here's Fat Albert." You uh-huh. see the joy on their face, and then yeah. cut to you know a couple minutes later, man, he was effed up. Yeah. So <laughs> you can still have that joy of his work and what it you know the nostalgia and and your memories mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, but also know. That was a bad guy. He also did things behind the scenes that were not yeah. great. So I w- I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm I'm going to keep watching. I just hadn't had a lot of time because they're an hour each. Yeah. So I just check hadn't it, had as much time. If they do, uh, when the Hannibal Burr stuff happens, I'll probably. Yeah, I'll let you know. Um, but let me know if, he sh- if he's in it. Because if he's not in it, man, like what an, that is like one of the most interesting things to me is, you know, when he's talking about, you know, he's because Bill Cosby, I think in. Um, you know, if you're a fan of like, uh, like rap music and stuff, you know, it's kind of the, the, uh, Oprah Winfrey. Yes. Yep. Where she would not interview right. rappers. She right. would not talk to people and she would always, you know, say, I remember well, that bitches and hoes and all this yeah. stuff. And it's like, well, Hey, you know, like at a certain point, Oprah, you're missing out because you never interviewed, let's say Jay-Z. Um, I'm right. sure that happened, but like, you know, you're missing a large part of like, culture if you're not if you're not interviewing rappers right now and that's why like there's all these little like you know i and i don't like these things but there's like these little podcasts out there that are blowing up because they're interviewing people that are dry you know the the leading music of the culture now you know they are interviewing them whereas like oprah wouldn't 
you know, right. where she probably should have. Um, and I think that's interesting here is, you know, the Hannibal Burris thing, so, you know, or the, the reason this backlash kind of kicked off. And I, I think that's going to be the most interesting part if they can get him to talk about it some on there, too, uh, especially with um, Kamu, who's doing, who's doing the show. Um, I think, you know, he was like, you know, hey, pull your pants up, guys. Don't curse black people. Like, that's Hannibal's joke, you yes. know? Yes, right. And he's like, he's like, you know, screw you, Bill. You rape people, you know? like <laughs> Just the, like... And I think he had said it before, but just like <laughs> somebody recording that on their phone in an audience, uploading yes. it to YouTube, like right. set off this like yeah, it wasn't Hannibal, wave, you know, going on talk shows. Oh, Bill Cosby, we need to build uh, boycott yeah. Bill Cosby. It was yeah. just a joke in his set. Yeah, they, like yeah. I don't know if it was. The, it might have even been in something before. You know, it was, but it was like it just like how that moment. Yeah, came to be, I saw I him live around that too. time. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it was it was a great. It's just a great joke. It's a well-constructed joke, yeah. but also you're like, wait, what? Yeah, you're like, it makes you think, and that's. I think that's what. Uh, you know, I, I am super interested to get his perspective. I really hope they do because I think. Yeah, I'm number sure. one, I do like Hannibal, but then also I, do, I think this situation is very interesting. Yeah, I've heard, like I said, that he's in it. I just haven't gotten to that point. But mm-hmm. real quick before we move on, also, I think it's interesting what you said about the sports star going back yeah. to his mansion. You know, yeah. you're not feeling bad about him. One of the things I thought about with Cosby and R. Kelly too, but Cosby even more, yeah. was think about how long they got away with it. Right. Like this is, we're talking about decades of oh, yeah. R. Kelly doing it. And then Bill Cosby's even longer because this mm-hmm. guy's in his 80s now. He's like 84 yeah. and he's been doing it since the 60s. Mm-hmm. And how and much he got, is, you know, how many people yeah. didn't have a platform in his eras, you know, like. Right. Uh, well, think about even just when you Google Bill Cosby net worth and it's like, oh, he's got $400 million. Like uh, just that alone. He could afford to pay his legal fees like he could afford to to live in mansions his all his life. And also the the power and influence that comes from having that much money, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it's just kind of crazy where it's at now. And when we look back after he dies, or we look back on his life, you know, right. how much did he actually get punished for that? And we see R. Kelly now is in jail, but how how long was he out and enjoying the, you know? Every, all of his riches, enjoying how much his money brought to him. So I think mm. all of that stuff is interesting. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's one of the more interesting topics that are, you know, I think it's controversial in a bunch of ways, and I think yeah. that makes it interesting. Yeah, for sure. All right, what are you recommending this week, Jeff? Um, so I'll be shorter with uh, mine. Um, uh, is, how do you pronounce? Is it W. Kamu Bell? How do you pronounce his name? It's not um, like so. It's like Kum, Kuma, Kumal, but with no Kumal. L. So it's Kamal. Yeah, he um he's actually in this show, but um it's a it's a show called About Last Night on HBO Max. Um it's actually hosted by um Steph Curry the and Curry's. his wife Aisha Curry. Yeah. And it's kind of like a game show, like a couple's game show. I'll be honest with you, the and I think the, I don't I think I linked I leaked to uh, linked to this episode on the notes, but um I initially saw it because I saw Bobby Lee 
uh, you oh, know, who okay. I think we both enjoy. Yes. Um, him and his wife uh, did this show. So I've only watched that episode, but oh, okay. I thought this was um, just an interesting subject. Just the, the people they have on here. Yeah. Um, you know, Tig Notaro, uh, Andre Iguodala and his wife. Uh, you know, I'm trying to find yeah. other names. Looks on like here. Terry Crews, Ashley Simpson is on yeah. here. There's these weird names. Uh, Nisi oh, Nash from Lauren uh, Lapkiss is on here. You know, I want to yeah, see Stephen Stephen Jackson's on the first episode. Oh no! Life. And it's like a couple's like game show kind of thing where they answer questions and people put on headphones. You know, to they can't hear the answers. And uh, specifically, Bobby Lee, you know, I think is. Uh, it's definitely at least if you don't watch any episode of this show, you should like at least watch Bobby Lee because I thought he was funny uh, in this and him, you know, just hearing, you know, at one point early on in the show, Bobby Lee's like, he's like, listen, I'm naked a lot. And he just starts going on about, you know, <laughs> the things he's doing, um, you know, and his wife and, and relationship stuff. Um, and actually, I was going to say, I think, it, you know, probably like for like you and the wife, I think you guys would probably find this this funny. I, I just oh, yeah. like uh, there's some, you know, good comedians, good stuff going on here. Um, it was, it was interesting, but if you don't watch anything, at least watch the Bobby Lee episode. Cause, uh, you can also see, uh, his wife, if you don't watch their podcast. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I added it to my list here. So, um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a funny show that you should check out. All right, cool. HBO max continuing to put out great content and proving mm-hmm. it's one of the best streaming platforms, even for peacemaker alone. But the amount of like movies, like we got Nightmare Alley on there, documentaries. Uh, mm-hmm. Raised by Wolves just came back for season two, which I want to get a chance to check out. Did you see that Zoe Kravitz movie, Kimmy, that just came out? Uh, I've not seen it yet. I didn't even know about it. But uh, yeah, HBO yeah. is pumping out the, <laughs> the content. Yeah, yeah, there's a ton of stuff on there. So definitely keep on looking at HBO Max. And definitely keep on listening to Seasons Change. Jeff W. and I are here every week talking about what we have been enjoying and what we recommend for you. So don't forget to follow us on the social medias and check us out on Spotify because you can now give us a rating. Uh, And if you want to leave us a voicemail, like my mom did a couple episodes ago, you can... Oh, actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, she left us another voicemail for this show. So I'm going to put it in right here Yep. at the end of the show. Um, and then you'll get a chance to listen to it. But if you want to do the same, you can go to anchor.fm slash seasons change, leave us a message on there or on the anchor app, which is a lot easier because you have your phone right there. Yeah. Um, if you want to check out our friends of the show who give us some great voice over stuff, including our trailer and our little bumper at the beginning, that's our boy Shoff, our girl Bree. Both of them are in the show notes. If you want to check them out. Um, and then don't forget, Every week, Jeff and I love hearing from you. So always leave us a rating in Apple Podcasts or Spotify and Mm -hmm. share us with all of your friends. Jeff, I hear that sound once again. You know what it is? No. It's the season's changing. Yuck. And Shoff's here, too. Oh, yeah. Love me some Vactor and Jeff W. Angry Boy. Keep up the good work, guys. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. Johnny, sayonara.